0: Welcome out to the Bulls and the Bears. This is Aaron Warby, and I'm here with my wife, Tarina Warby, once again.
1: Hello out there. Love having
0: you on. Thanks. Uh, for those of you uh, joining us for the first time, Tarina and I are part of Online Trading Academy, the most trusted name in financial education, and celebrating 25 years of service. All right, so this week, uh, there's a couple of things that I wanted to address. Big. Yeah, a couple of things that are, that are big, but are kind of sliding under the radar. At at least least a little bit. Mm -hmm. Didn't have the effect that it should have. Um, And I think that the biggest thing is the bank's reporting. All right, now we're still kind of on a high from the CPI and PPI numbers that came out uh, just a little bit lower than expected. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know that, uh, you know, that, and for those of you that don't know, CPI is Consumer Price Index. PPI is Producer Price Index. Mm -hmm. And typically, the producer price index climbing is a sign that that consumer price index is going to go up soon, because okay. the producers have to pass along the costs eventually. Oh. Right? Wait, um,
1: so that means everything's going to increase on costs again?
0: Well, yeah, so the PPI, the producer price index, mm-hmm. um, came in lower than expected. Oh, okay. So not we're not necessarily looking at um at least retail prices needing to be raised well then
1: soon. do you think there it came in that way because powell had happened to say we're just not gonna we're gonna slow the increase in interest rates and well, stuff and then they're like well we don't have to increase that much right now and so then it it kind of gives a false narrative
0: well, okay, so this is kind of what happened in the 70s, okay. all right? Um, we would look, it would look like we were getting a hold of it, and then all of a sudden we would slip back into it. Okay. And, and so what happened in the 70s was you had that initial shock, Okay. right? Um, and what that happened to be was we left the gold standard, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the dollar value dropped because we left the gold standard. right. Now it took a little while to realize that because we left the gold standard in the early '70s, and then we didn't see it for about six, seven months, and, and all of a sudden we got the shock, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and initially, everybody was just—it was just being taken out of everybody's paycheck, just yeah. like what we've seen, you know, here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had to raise people's wages a little mm-hmm. bit. Well, that that helped, uh, you know, the consumer price index that that helped inflation continue for a little while. And then it tapered off again because, you know, they started getting uh, they started getting a, a little bit strong from the banking's perspective. They started raising rates and mm-hmm. trying to control it. Uh, they did it a little bit. And then it looked like everything was dropping and we were getting back down to normal. But still, everybody had felt it in their paycheck. Mm-hmm. And so over time, they kept demanding uh, from their employers that that their paychecks, you know, go up, increase, mm-hmm. increase. And ultimately, when when the majority of of the uh, employees are demanding paycheck increases, that's going to put that's going to put pressure on the producers. Yeah. Right. So the companies now have to pay out more. That means that their profit margin is lower, putting them in in a bind. And eventually they need to get that profit margin back up because, you know, their shareholders uh, demand it because because they're not safe unless they hold a certain uh, Mm -hmm. profit percentage. For many reasons, Um, they can't sacrifice the profit that they are accustomed to having, right? And so they have to... Um, the event, you know, if, if all of a sudden people are demanding higher wages, they have to over time increase prices or decrease, uh, their, um, decrease, you know, their costs. And the easiest way to decrease costs is simply to lay people off. Yeah. Right. And force the remaining people to do more work. Yeah. That's only going to work so long because sooner or later people get burned out, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Now, that's something that happened throughout the 70s. And so what we saw was inflation increasing and decreasing depending on these waves of Mm -hmm. wage growth and things like that. Um, That's likely going to happen again, but at least for the time being, inflation is dropping and that's seen as a good sign for the markets. Good. Now, it's come at a... A terrible cost because with the inflation that's happened, with the monetary tightening that we've mm-hmm. seen, um, we're starting to see it in the quarterlies. Mm-hmm. Now, the good news for the markets is that most people don't understand how to read the quarterlies anyway, so they have no <laughs> idea that <laughs> so it's, it's as not going to cause Well, yeah, so you're not seeing the shock in the market, right? Yeah. Um, but we are starting to see it in the bank sector, and we're starting to see it in other things. This is going to eventually hurt the markets, and that's what's being expected. And, and a sign of that is actually what we're seeing right now in in the quarterlies for the banks, okay. right? So J.P. Morgan and Wells Fargo, uh, both of them just reported the quarterlies. And okay. in both cases... Uh, it showed that the giants, you know, these giants, these market manipulators, these banking giants, mm-hmm. who we were watching very closely to see what their profitability would be, mm-hmm. you know, they are continuing to make a lot of money from consumer loans. Now, okay. that's not a real surprise because consumer loans are up. You know, inflation is happening. People are putting more on on their credit cards. Mm-hmm. And so their loan department is bringing in more money okay. um, from, you know... As people start running out of credit room, all they can do now is start... Start paying the yeah. credit card. Uh, but now. as they run out of credit room, we're, we're seeing it more in the retail sector, right? Okay. And in the travel sector.
1: Things are going down. People aren't traveling as much. People aren't buying as much.
0: R- right. In fact, uh, well, you know, Disney um, reported that they've had their lowest, the lowest number of people over a 4th of July holiday visit the park. Yeah. All right. And so, yeah, we are seeing it there. Now that's that was expected. And that that's not what I want to concentrate on today, okay? Because um the deposit costs mm-hmm. to the banks continue to rise as the um as we see that uh that there are more business failures. And we we so have seen So you're saying deposit
1: costs that. what do you mean like bringing in money or that
0: Well, yeah, so so Um, The cost of actually having a deposit on on hand um, comes from not making money from the deposit on hand. Mm -hmm. So if they can't loan the money out, then the deposits on hand are are costly because they still have to have people handling the deposits. And when you deposit in the bank, at least for most consumers, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: there's no fees to that.
1: Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But somebody has to pay for the, you know, the tellers and and yeah. the accountants and all of the rest of it. Well, they've
1: been closing down bank. They've been closing down. Um,
0: yes, they have.
1: Uh, bank.
0: Bank locations.
1: Bank locations. Yeah, forcing for people
0: words. to do more online banking. Right. Right.
1: Well, and I think people are naturally doing more online banking and stuff. So they are. Uh, but you will find bank locations in high business areas because. Mm-hmm. Because the business areas have to still go in and deposit, make their checks and their deposits.
0: That's correct. Yeah. So because of those factors, you know, because of what's going on here and, and the fewer loans that are um they're, they're being able to initiate because not as many people are buying houses. Yeah. Right. Um, and all of these factors are starting to affect the cost of deposits. But another thing that is really affecting the cost of deposits is that, uh, and, and this was especially true in, in both uh, in Citigroup, mm-hmm. um, but also in JP Morgan and Wells Fargo, is that the number of problems that continue to plague even the biggest institutions, um, you know, revolve around their inability to make, you know, to make deals and commercial um, deals, uh-huh. but also in their trading efforts, okay? Citigroup's profits tumbled 36%. What? It, yes, in the second quarter, largely because of, because they weren't in the markets. All right, oh. because of the weakness in their Wall Street unit. It, it, it's not because the markets weren't going up. In the second quarter, While you know, they, the markets did move up. But mm-hmm. Citigroup, JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, didn't participate as much. They have been withdrawing money out. So now the question is, is, why are they not participating? Why are they drawing money out? Right? Yeah. And it's not because they haven't had it on hand. They have. But they've, you know, especially JP Morgan chases, um, you know, uh, Jamie Diamond has said several times that they're all expecting the markets to drop. And so they can't put themselves into a position where they've got too much at risk when the drop comes.
1: Yeah. Because they don't want another Lehman Brothers.
0: Well, right. And especially right now where most of, you know, of their deposits are heavily, you know, they, what they can't do is they can't, um, do what SVB did and -hmm. be forced into selling off their bonds.
1: Well, and because they were the ones who bailed them out, you know, and that's the thing is so you have the... the Federal Reserve. Well, what, who do you think's part of the Federal Reserve? Well, it's JP Morgan, right? And Wells fargo yeah, yeah. they have people. They sit are on the board, there. right? They sit on the board, and so they're like, if we let this bank fall, it's just gonna start everybody falling. And right stuff and it's gonna be a terrible disaster. So they had to make everybody calm because everybody was going, Oh my gosh, this is like the tech bank where everybody like puts in their money in the tech banks from the tech sectors in California and you have Hollywood stars who have all their money in this bank and stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. like it was a big to do because if that bank isn't safe, then right. what do we have? You know? And so these guys are like, We've gotta quell everybody and so so basically what they're saying is is look, nobody's gonna be there to bail us out, so we gotta be a little bit more fiscally responsible
0: yeah well if, if if
1: it's going to go down
0: right they're expecting it to go down so they don't want the exposure to the markets it's right. hard to, it's really hard to withdraw billions of dollars out of the market and so they have to do it slowly
1: yeah. and
0: so they've taken the last quarter because then they will just keep the
1: market just go down even worse exactly <laughs> it yeah i would
0: really yeah if you think a 50 percent downturn would be bad wait till you know everybody's yeah. withdrawing all at once yeah um, and, and, you know, on the same day, then it, we limit down so many times that it, it gets nauseating.
1: Yeah, right? it'd just be terrible. Well, that's when they have the breaker boxes, Boom! but then right. they would turn and it back on. That's and then what I was go, saying, pff, the limit down. The limit down. Yeah, oh, when, okay. it
0: hits, when it hit, hits so far down, they simply stop the markets. Yeah. They turn off the computers for a little while. Right. Um, anyway, so in, in short right the quarterlies are showing that that j p Morgan uh, Wells Fargo City have significantly scaled back their exposure to the markets by withdrawing from their trading and that was a big part of their profits uh in the first quarter and well and pre this quarter I suppose mm-hmm. right it's always been a big part of their profits and so their profits are thirty six percent down at least there in in Citigroup, right uh quarter over quarter and um that's going to you know, that's that's showing itself in the market. So, you know, what I'm saying here is for all of you traders out there that have been looking over the last three months saying what in the world is going on in the markets because mm-hmm. it's been wonky. Yeah. And it has, you know, we're seeing it really wicky. Um, and if you don't know what that is, you know, uh, come into one of our classes. We'll try and explain <laughs> it to you. <laughs> well, all it's right. just that long
1: tail piece that you see your head on the, piece, candles, on the right? candles. But, but yes, stuff. we've
0: seen some really Fast and dramatic moves, both mm-hmm. up and down. Yeah. Um, something that you wouldn't normally see when it was a little bit more controlled. Mm-hmm. And the reason that you're seeing that is because, like it or not, these market makers, you know, these big banks, they bring, they bring consistency to the market.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And without them, we're seeing, well, some wonkiness. Yeah. Now, does that mean that um, our methodologies don't work? No. It means that you have to be more careful
1: about what you choose to, to you Yeah, because trade. what
0: you're looking at is a lot more short-term opportunities than swing opportunities because the big guys that control the markets and are creating those lows and highs are only in for the short-term. They're not in for a swing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not that they're out well, altogether. They're in for short, uh, short-term short gains, in and out in the same day.
1: Yeah. Well, you have, like, these new places where they, they, they're called, like, where they they say, hey, give us 140 bucks, and you can, you know, trade with this larger amount of money and stuff. And mm-hmm. if you lose money, then we take your 140 bucks and and stuff, and we'll get you out of the trade and things. And so, like, I think those are also causing some wonkiness in the market. And I also think yeah. some AI is causing the wonkiness in the market because because you have these big banks taking out their money and just kind of like sitting on it a little bit going, we need to make sure that it's okay. I mean, there, so I think there's a lot of weirdness going on right now yeah. that hasn't happened Yeah. Just before. a bunch
0: of wonkiness.
1: Just wonky.
0: I like that word wonky. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the real <laughs> question is, you know, why have the banks and other market makers, why have they pulled away from the markets? Um, and especially, from a market that's been going up, because over the last three months the market is up.
1: Well, and I was talking to a fiduciary the other day, so mm-hmm. a, a friend of mine who's, um, you know, their close friend, the close friend, their fiduciary yeah. advisor, and they said, you know, it was really odd because normally when you want to preserve people's money, you move it into, into this market and into this market yeah, and into this market, bonds it, and things like it, that. Yeah, and 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 they're like, and then it absorbs it like it absorbs it so you're not losing all your money you're only losing like a little part of it or something you know if it goes down if the market goes yeah, down yeah, or, they're or, or accepting
0: that it's going to go down they're accepting that it's going to go down still they're keeping in the market they're keeping, knowing that it's going to go down it doesn't make any sense to a trader
1: but they're but they're only trying to lose like you know 10% yeah. as opposed <laughs> to 50 per, 50% Like I mean like if you're not willing to, to manage your own money then you know you're going to you, take losses you're, there is going to be some losses and stuff but they try to mitigate those losses by moving people's money into these different asset classes and things like that. And so she, what she said was, it all went down.
0: Yes, everything.
1: Everything went down. So she was like, so our normal tools weren't working. And and the place that she works with, they actually will pull things out. Yeah. When they see that, they're like, we pull out f- faster than other financial um, places. And it was just a really interesting um, conversation with her. And so I think that's what the banks are seeing. The banks are seeing just like, just like this, this advisor who, and the group that she works, they were seeing that and they're like, this is not a normal circumstance. And so we don't know what yeah. to expect right well, now. And, and so I so, think one of the reasons why they're winning cash.
0: Right. And, and so there's become a real disparity between, you know, what the banks are seeing and what the market is seeing. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, what the market is seeing is we've, we've gone up, up over the last, uh, you know,
1: 20 years.
0: Well, over the last quarter. But but I just went long term. The funds, yeah, yeah, but the funds that they are uh, managing have not been going up, and and that is because you know while the S and P 500 and the Nasdaq are heavily weighted to show what the very biggest uh, accounts in those funds are doing, like Apple. Apple. Microsoft, Microsoft, Amazon, you know, yeah. places like this. And those it, it really comes down to just five companies, companies that, that have been it. up over the last, you yeah. know, since the beginning of the year. And everything yeah. else is either sideways or down. Yeah. And where, you know, other things like the mutual funds try and spread load a little bit more, they're not only they don't they're not as heavily invested in those five companies. We've seen them either go sideways or down over the last two quarters.
1: I should correct what I said. Oh, it's been going up this whole time. No, we've had some downturns in the market that have brought, you know, like in 2000 and 2008 and stuff like that. I'm just saying that, like, if you look on an average, it has been going up. But you had to make up for those losses in 2000 and 2008 before you could even... Get back to where you were, and then, anyways.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, and so during the second part of, of what I want to talk about, we're going to address just okay. that subject.
1: I guess right. I I jumped into your little trap. I know. Trap.
0: Well, no, no, actually, <laughs> actually, what you're what you're doing is what I hope everybody else is doing, and starting to look ahead and say, oh, I can see where this is going. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to talk about that? Yes, I am. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so the real question is, why are the banks and the market makers out? You know, but the next question is, is why are the markets up in the second quarter? Because let me just ask this question. Maybe anybody that's listening to this can answer. Everybody can answer it. Mm -hmm. Was there good economic news?
1: No, it was like mediocre. Yeah. No, right? no, it
0: was actually bad economic, oh, okay. economic news that looked mediocre because <laughs> we set expectations.
1: Because of it's medi- the yeah way bad. it was presented. Like they're right. like, well, it's exactly. not as bad as we had heard, so this is great. So it's yeah. like it's like when your kid comes in and they're like, okay, I was gonna fail math, but I got a B and I'm still an honors mom, and That's it's true. like, well, it's not as bad as I thought, so okay, great, you know. Or I I was gonna fail regular math. And then I got a C. So, you know, or I got a D. I'm still in it. I'm still passing. You know, it's like one of those kind of things, right? That's
0: right. 2.0 and go, baby.
1: 2.0. Hey, 1.8 and go, right? (laughs) Just kidding. 2.0 and go. Anyways, yeah.
0: Anyway, yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, was there good news in companies that the stock market represents? Again, the answer is no. Right, even in companies, uh, what we're looking at is, is really bad news, just bad news that we expected, yeah. And so it's not tanking the market, you know. Um, is the Federal Reserve doing any favors for the market?
1: I don't think so. No, no, no. I think is. they're just like, let's just get this over with. Come on.
0: <laughs> well, and in fact, they've <laughs> actually come out and said, hey, we're going to bring some pain to the markets purposefully. Oh. Because we need things to be painful in order to in order to rein in inflation and hopefully stop it before it gets to the 70s. Right. Right. Where we have those ups and downs and ups and downs. They want to kill it outright. Um, That's going to be really difficult and they know it. Yeah. And so they've been doing things that have, you know, purposefully to um, to hurt companies, to hurt the market in order to make sure that it just stops.
1: Well, I think that's just a bunch of crap. I'm sorry. Well, the market should not, it doesn't always reflect the economy. It just doesn't. It doesn't. And so, like, so these guys are saying, hey, I'm just tired of holding on to our money and missing out on all the movements. So I'm just going to bring pain to the market and bring it down, right? Well, that's not the American way. <laughs> all right. So if you don't got the, well, actually, if you don't have the huevos to be in there, I mean, granted, that is capitalism, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, 1987. But I would think that the government would be like, you forcefully pushed down the market. Yeah, and we're coming after you, and they would. They, but I,
0: you know what? I mean, actually, and like, if, if you read the history books very carefully, you'll see that that uh, nineteen twenty nine was was caused by the banks. It, it was caused by the central bank. Uh, oh so it was nineteen eighty seven, and then the recovery in in uh, in two thousand nine. Couldn't have had it without the central bank doing what they did. Mm. So the central bank has often been...
1: They're looking out for our best interest.
0: Well, they're looking out for their best interest, but... There you y- go. Yeah. But, um, you know, they, they're they constantly making the moves that that make the big things happen. Right. right? It, anyway, um, so even though the news and, you know, both for the companies and for the economy, none of it has been good. Right. Um, it, it has not been as reflective in the market as the economists, the banks, the market makers, um, you know, even the traders, at least those that know what they're doing. Um, and, and the, you know, what we call the smart money, yeah, uh, those with a, with a lot of wealth to protect, it, it's not been anywhere near as bad as, as anyone thought. In fact, it, it's really been the markets overall have shown some real strength,
1: some resilience, some
0: resilience, but again, only in those you know the top five companies. Well, Everything I else think is it's just going back weakness. to where
1: what people would invest in mm-hmm. in the '70s and the '80s. You know, their blue chip. Funds and stuff, and so I think they're they're really. And I know you you laugh at me, but I'm like I look at these companies and like these are people's blue chips. And I remember when AT and T or South Pacific Bell or whatever the yeah. Bell, telephone, Bell like South Bell. I guess it was everywhere because it was, Cause it Bells, was South. Yeah. It was Southern Bell. Like I mean, because I was from Virginia or something like that. That's what it was called. I can't remember whether Bell South or something. And then it went down and everybody was like, how could it go down yeah. You know, or, or something or AT&T. And everybody was like, just freaking out and IBM and things like that. Like, But those were their blue chip. Well, no, and and you're exactly right. And so I think, what if they go after Apple or Microsoft? People will just be crapping their pants.
0: But you're (laughs) exactly right. You know, and especially for those, and there's been a larger movement of people that have started taking over their own accounts, taking it away from account managers and brokers and things like that, because those account managers have not performed like the S&P 500. They're watching the S&P 500 go up and not, but not them, right? Not their stuff. Yeah. And so they're saying, "Hey, you can't do it. I I will."
2: Yeah.
0: And they're taking it and they're putting it into companies that are performing. And because of that, what we're seeing is more money is leaving those companies that aren't performing and that makes them go down, but more money is going into those companies that are performing, those big 5, right? Yeah. And that that forces it up. Because when you have it more people the interested, up. yeah, you have more people interested in buying you know, Apple, then selling Apple, then Apple's going to, to continue go up. going up. Now, is there anything in Apple's numbers saying that it should go up? No. <laughs> all right. Except the chart. The chart keeps pointing up. Yeah. And because the chart keeps pointing up, then everybody, you know, is is saying, all right, well, then we have to do that. All right. But, you know, then let's, let's talk about why the market isn't doing as poorly as it should, even though the market makers are getting out. Yeah. You no, know, why is the, the market continuing to at least not go straight down?
1: Well, you had an interesting conversation with someone from Canada who was like, we keep watching your markets and we're expecting it to tank and it's not. Why is it not tanking? Why yeah. is your market not tanking? And we're like, because nobody wants to do it. They don't have that sentiment. Well, yeah, and we've got
0: a couple <laughs> of things, right? So, so number one... We have indiscriminate buyers to mm-hmm. to a very you know a we're high degree it. of indiscriminate and
1: buyers. And we don't just have indiscriminate buyers in the United States. We have people who are trading
0: From in, other countries. From other the countries
1: of the United yes. countries in the United States who are because trading. Because we're showing more strength. We're showing more strength than their markets probably.
0: Yes. And and, and that, that was something that we expected being the largest economy in a in a time where the whole world is going into recession. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, we're seeing we're seeing money flow in. We're seeing indiscriminate buyers like mutual funds and 401ks who just don't get out no matter what. Yeah. Right. And that's that means that if they're not getting out in the face of bad news, then at least it's not tanking. Right. Right. But we also have a lot more uneducated players in the market than we've ever had before. Now, mm-hmm. when I say uneducated players, don't, don't be offended right? <laughs> if you're playing in the markets, and I'm going to say this. This doesn't mean that they don't have a college degree. It means that they are messing around in the markets, but they don't understand what the reports mean. And so if they don't understand how to read the numbers, read the company numbers, and, and they can't do the histories and actually see the numbers declining.
1: They're trading on sentiment.
0: Yeah, they're trading on sentiment. Then it's going to be easy to be fooled by the idea that, hey, they expected it to say this this quarter, and it actually did. That was the guidance, and it did. So why should I pull my money?
1: Why should I be, why yeah. should I be feel, fearful, or why should I be cautious? Exactly. And so be it. Yeah. that's the way the markets are built. You've seen it over years. You've yeah. seen it in the 1600s. You've seen it in the 1700s, <laughs> the 1800s. It's just built that you way, know? right? Because like Newton, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he 1600s, traded the stock market. you watch the
0: tulip thing, yeah. you know, explode. And it was an obvious bubble, but people kept buying until it tanked. Yeah. You know, and, and they just kept throwing more money more at it and more money at it. And as the stakes got higher, they simply... Took out loans and got in, you know, at Wait. a higher degree. Wait,
1: And that's what happened in the, in the 1920s. Yep. People it, took Sir out Isaac loans. Newton, he, was, he
0: fell to it, yep. you know, a genius. And, and he went down because he didn't understand the markets that he was in.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it turns out that at least for a little while, ignorance is
1: bliss. It is.
0: Yeah. Anyway... Uh, so it's becoming more common for the general public to become more aware that the old buy and hold strategies that worked so well pre-internet, um, pre-turn of the century, mm-hmm. simply aren't working anymore. That's
1: right. Yeah. Back in the 1900s. That's what my kids say. And I'm like, <laughs>
2: shut up.
0: And like,
1: I'm all, that's what I used to say in the 1800s, you know, or I'd be like, back in the 1920s, back in the 1930s. That's right. And your
0: grandma but... would give you a withering look.
1: Yeah. 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 And my kids are like, my kids said that to me back in your day in the 1900s. And I was like, wait, what? Oh my gosh. I'm a turn of the century person. That That was my day. This is great. I digress. You digress now. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Keep going.
0: So I know that there, you know, are those out there when I say that the buy and hold strategy is no longer working. I know that, you know, immediately people are turning me off. Right. You know, if not if not just hitting the stop button and, and not coming back to the podcast, then they're certainly mentally saying, all right, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about anymore. You know, I, I want you to consider a couple of things before you actually turn me off. All right. <laughs> First, there's a reason that you're listening to this show, and it's not because you're happy with the way that your investments have been going. All right. Um even if, or especially if, you continue to simply buy and hold. Mm-hmm. You know, the theory that um, if you hold long enough, it's always going to come back, that's true enough, at least for a well-diversified stock or portfolio. Portfolio. Right? Uh-huh. That That's absolutely true. But then you have to ask yourself, at what cost? Mm-hmm. Okay? Because like you were pointing out, um, if you were, whatever you bought in the year 2000, mm-hmm. at least on average, if you had a if you had a diversified portfolio in the year 2000, it took until 2013 to get back to the same level. 13 years you spent without making a dime on your holdings from 2000. Mm-hmm. Now that's more than a quarter of your working career, and it's hard to retire when a whole quarter of your working career is spent outside you know without profit. Mm -hmm. you know, it just, it it doesn't, that doesn't work well. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, the second thing I want you to consider is pre-2000, the S&P had an average return of 11.8% year over year. Okay. Since 2000, the S&P 500 has returned only 8.19% year over year. Now that's a massive difference if you're looking if you're looking at it in compounding interest. That's just a massive difference in the way things were and the way things are. Not only that, it was back before the year 2000. While it's always been a year over year, Mm -hmm. because we didn't have these massive dips, that 11.8% was closer to reality than it is today. Okay. Okay, but because of how we figure out year over year, having a 50% decline in between the year 2000 and 2000 Uh, three Mm -hmm. meant that you had to have a hundred percent climb in between 2003 and 2007 and so if you do a year-over-year average
1: and then you had another drop at 2008 well
0: yeah but if you do a year-over-year average in between you know the year 2000 and 2000 uh 2007 where it got back up to the same level Mm -hmm. all right it would show that year-over-year you had a 25 percent return during that time period all right, twenty five percent divided by seven. If years. you
1: had gotten out and bought it at, at a low, or just above. Well, no, 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 no. If oh. you
0: just held, buy and hold strategy. Oh, right.
1: Okay. Year over year, but now, you wouldn't have realized that in cash because you had lost so much when the market went down. Well, and so down. that's
0: just the point. All right, when you take these massive losses, a fifty percent loss means you have to have a hundred percent gain to get back to the same place. Right. If you take, if you half yourself, you have to double it to get back to the same place. And so the numbers, these year over year numbers, are going to really mess with you. Yeah. Right. And so where, where pre 2000, you had almost a true 11.8% return. It was probably closer to 10% return. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, in compounding interest post, yeah, that 8.19 is actually 4.2 if you're doing the buy and hold thing. Ooh. Yeah.
1: Well, 4.2 is better than nothing.
0: Well, kind of, yeah. Inflation has, but, you know, you
1: know, if that's how you want to manage it, it that's your cost. You know what I mean? Well, well inflation it is, is but it up. the
0: point is, is that people are recognizing that while things used to work in a certain way, they're not working, working right now. Yeah, that strategy is is lagging behind, and and uh, is not going to retire them at the level that they expected, and therefore something has to be done because while doing something yourself, doing something outside of the norm feels like a risk yeah doing nothing and taking what you get and ensuring you know almost ensures failure yeah so what is the bigger risk well there's always different or a a possible failure
1: yeah there's always we're we're always in a constant state of change so Uh, yeah it's important to
0: yeah. Anyway, I can't tell Wait, you how many. Wait. Do people... we sound
1: a little depressing? I think that sounds like really depressing. Well, no, no, no. Let's, it let's, it like, isn't. Let's go to a positive. <laughs> <go> to
0: a <laughs> well, positive. the the point is is uh-huh. that we you know, we have to do something outside of what uh, of what strategies used to work. This happens in the markets every once in a while when you have a paradigm shift in the markets. Things then change. Then it requires a new strategy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Um, uh, pre. Uh, yeah, we we it used to be that you wanted to keep most of your money in bonds. Yeah, and then that changed by the 1970s, and then it became most of your money in stocks and a little bit in bonds, and then that had to change again in the 90s, and then in the year 2000, then things changed. It, it but how you know who's going to recognize the change and how fast are you going to get to changing the way that it needs to happen? Well, you know what. That takes a generation of understanding what the new change is. Yep. It's just how it works. All right. Mm-hmm. So I asked my class the other day what the biggest risk was. And, you know, the first answer that I always receive is, is that the risk is uncertainty in the markets.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and I can appreciate that. Um, however, then we went through the exercise of trying to make a 401k and a mutual fund, which is been touted as kind of the sure thing, mm-hmm. right? We went through the exercise of trying to make those uh, retire us. If we'd known what we knew, and, and and so we gave ourselves the advantage of knowing what we, of, of history, right? And we went out and picked those things that, yeah. hey, this one's going to produce better and this is going to work this way. We gave ourselves the advantage of having historical information and we went through and we couldn't make it work. We couldn't make those things retire us. Mm-hmm. And so from a historical standpoint, that was 100% failure. And so the biggest risk that we could do is simply to do what they've always told us to do, the 401ks and mutual funds, and rely on those. Mm-hmm. That became the biggest risk that we faced all day. All right. Uh, um, and the point is, is that we, if we just do what we're told, conventional wisdom, that was failure. And... Failure is what we're trying to avoid, so it turns out that doing just the average thing is a higher risk than doing something else, you know? Um, In a John Oliver show, Mm -hmm. uh, he pointed out that cats picking out stocks by a very scientific method of simply batting a toy mouse around the Wall Street Journal Mm -hmm. outperformed most of the fund managers. (laughs) All right, now, the cat had the advantage of... uh, of not having to pay wages of the fund staff, yeah. which is likely the culprit. I mean, it's all those fees, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that are they, taken out.
1: They take your fees and they use that's it right. and that's how they do it. Well, and I have to say that, um, you know, I was just reading an article about how uh, the wealthy, they, they actually, 1%, actually have many different assets. Yes. And so, and, and therefore, they're doing more and they're not in a, as much debt as the 90% of us. Like 10% are doing exactly. really, really well and they're having this. And so so the the whole point of the, the article was yeah. like, it, you should own some stocks, you know, if you want to hedge your bets. I mean, you have your, and get out of debt. They're yeah. like, get out of debt. Like that was their big thing. But they're like, but your homes are yeah. taking up, you know, they were like a lot of people have, you know, mortgages and stuff. And then they're also, you know, have all these consumer debt things and stuff. And I'm not, I'm saying, hey, have your home, keep your home, you know, pay off your mortgage, you know, get one of those things. But really it's about getting out of debt and preparing for that rainy day. Yeah. That's going to come and stuff and and diversifying yourself like the wealthy do. That's the difference between right. them and the 90%.
0: Well, and, and the, fi- you know, the, the wealthy are, they are involved in their own financial future.
1: They're talking to their financial advisors or they're training and their they're own And they're funding, watching
0: themselves you know? and they are directing their own future. Yeah. Right? Um and they don't let their financial planner. I mean their financial planner, hey, maybe your portfolio is what I let you do, but hey, the rest of it, not a chance, right? Yeah. And, and so they're they're like you said they've got they've got different things going and they're not re- relying on just one
1: Asset class or just one. And by the way, they're paying
0: for the very best of financial advisors.
1: Yeah. I mean, you want to get into Berkshire half the way, Man, that's a pretty penny. (laughs) There you go. So you want to trade their stock? That's a pretty penny.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that (laughs) 401ks are 100% (laughs) bad. All right. There are instances where you should keep your 401k Uh and where mutual funds might be the thing to do. In fact, I was looking at one of the mutual funds, uh, Jeppy, that performed better than many other things that, uh, you know, that investor by themselves would be tempted to do. Sweet. But for the most part, those things were outright failures. And so relying on them 100% is typically a really bad idea.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. So the point is, is that everybody in the country really should learn the basics of investing. Those that want to be truly independent and have the security of never being without a way to make money, no matter what the economy is doing, no matter what your employer does, all right, um, it, those people should learn how to trade. All right. One of my favorite instructors has often said to his own friends that if they took everything away from him but left him just 10000 in his trading account, he could provide for his family and would have all of his wealth back within a couple of years. Now, that's security.
1: That is. Does that mean everybody can do it?
0: Now, okay. Um, obviously, if you don't know what you're doing, it's not going to happen. And obviously, if you're not willing to take the time or you're of the wrong temperament, it's yeah. not going to happen for you. Yeah. If you're okay. a gambler, he mm, he's talking <laughs> about possibilities and the level to which he is at. Yeah. Okay. With his training, yes. But my point is is that as long as you have internet and a computer, if you if you know how to trade, you do have at least the opportunity to make money. Yes. Now, you have to really be on top of your emotions because the fastest way to lose money in the markets is to be scared.
1: That's right. And, <laughs> right? and to be to chasing trade the trade. Yeah. That's to right. Be, to be an emotional trader. I was kind of doing that this week. I was, you know, once again, learning my platform and yeah. taking some trades and I was all, I was looking at it and I was like, I'm just not, I'm not getting the trades I want, you know? And then yeah. I started to be a little bit emotional and I was like, I'm just making more losses. And well, I mean, and, now you and, know and I just, I just took it off and I said, I'm done. Yeah, I am like done." I, I cut myself off. Cause I was like, that's not good. Luckily it was paper money, but, but still yeah. it w- I was pretty upset. So I have learned some things like, I know you guys have been hearing about me learning my platform and stuff. I have learned some new, <laughs> like a safer way to trade and it's working out the way I wanted it to, but it took me a couple of weeks yeah. and now there's a, n- a new thing where I'm learning about my charting and looking at my charts and stuff. So right. I mean, like I have, I know I understand charts, but like Learning how to use their charts and and what I've seen and, well, things and, 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 their and tools. Well, and like we said so in the I'm beginning,
0: yeah, like we said in the beginning, the markets have been wonky. They've and been so wonky. If you've been a little bit frustrated because things are going not quite as expected, almost as expected, but not quite.
1: Oh yeah, like it turned around, right? Like like two You're cents right. after you know or something, or and I was like, I called it, but yeah, I was stopped out lucky. like after my stop, and exactly I was like, right.
2: you know. <laughs> I
1: "I should have placed it there and I didn't place it you know so and there's moments like that I mean that happens but that's the cost of doing business but if you can get on top of it you know yeah so I also wanted
0: to point out right here that you know the best trading opportunities most of them are actually not found in the stock market but that doesn't mean that they're riskier than the stock market itself Okay,
1: but you have to understand the rules. Yeah, of, of taking those well, trades
0: exactly because risk comes from not knowing how to protect yourself. Now you could say that a very expensive sports car is more dangerous than a family car because it goes faster, right? Right. It it, it has the ability to go a lot faster and things like that. That's but right. that ignores the fact that the safety engineering that has gone into the more expensive vehicle, that sports vehicle, uh-huh. is actually much, much better than the family car, and it makes that you know mile mile per hour for mile per hour that sports car is much safer on the road what? than the family car.
2: All right. I well, don't know if I hey, you it.
0: take a minivan and do 120 and try and be as safe as say a Bugatti doing 120. Uh, I guarantee the Bugatti will stay on the road better. <laughs> than the family van,
1: Probably because it sinks down more. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly right. Thing.
0: The engineering that has gone into it makes it safer. All, All right, right. Now, if you're looking I'll let at you it have that, that way, one. yeah, if you're looking at it that way, then just because something moves faster, like the commodities market, right? Mm-hmm. Like the futures market or the Forex market, yeah. doesn't necessarily mean it's less safe. Yeah. It means you have to know how to use what you've got. That's you've true. got to know how to use your sports car.
1: And you gotta understand right. when you need to trade. Like, you know, you need to be up and have your trades ready by opening mail. Well, bell, you've got to
0: know you what know? you're doing. You, you can't ju- that you can't simply, you know, get in the car and, yeah. and take off because you're gonna run over trash cans and bury it in somebody's house. That doesn't mean that the car didn't, you know, wasn't good and didn't know what to do. It meant you didn't know how to handle the car.
1: Yeah, you, you were going 120 miles an hour when you should should have just been <laughs> in going sixty. Yeah. Or I mean forty five <laughs> or twenty five in a neighborhood, right? Yeah. So
0: Yeah. So anyway, if you know, learn to invest and give yourself the chance of succeeding. I, I think that, that that is what I want to bring out of out of what we're talking about. And learn to trade to give yourself security in this uncertain world. All right. And I think those are the two lessons for today.
1: Definitely. I think that is. I mean, I've learned some things this week in uh Roth IRA mm-hmm. and I was really um Anyways, next week I'll talk to you, talk to the listeners about that, and just like what you can trade and mm-hmm. what you need to have trade, like um, that they have rules because of Roth IRA. Uh, the I'll just give you a little hint: the, <laughs> the government is so. PO'd that you can take out all your growth out of there without having to pay taxes because you've already paid taxes that they um, they they put some restrictions they put some restrictions on your Roth IRA Mm -hmm. and therefore platforms will put like a little bit more um, restrictions on your Roth IRA you can still trade trade out of it trade out of it and you can still trade a lot of the markets but they're going to require a lot more out of you before you can trade it and that was it was a great conversation with my platform um a little helper guru guy because i was like can i ask you a couple questions support staffs because i get differing information from other people that i talked to so i was like and why is that and they were able to you know they said it was because it was Anyways, I'm preparing that. So
0: next week, trading out of a Roth IRA. Yeah. So uh, hopefully you all tune in and, and we'll talk to you then.
1: Okay. Bye.